Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I'm Ivan Kander and as always I'm joined by my two co-hosts uh, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And if the reason I sound a little off sorts is that we just recorded 10 minutes without recording anything. It was so, 10 minutes? It was uh, a full 10 minutes? No, it was like five. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're doing this again. Uh, but for you guys at home, this is the first time. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. On today's episode we are going to be talking about Top Gun. What is it with you? Just want to serve my country, be the best fighter pilot in Navy, sir. You want to know who the best is? That's him, Iceman. That's the way he flies, ice cold, no mistakes. You need to be doing it better and cleaner than the other guys. I'm Maverick. Maverick? Does your mother not like you or something? I gotta do something here. I, I, I still can't believe it. I gotta give you your dream shot. You two characters are going to top gun. Yeah! You are the top 1% of all naval I, um, I chose this movie for a couple of reasons. One, because we were in the midst of the summer blockbuster season. So I'm curious to see whether or not blockbusters have changed, how they've changed uh, compared to what they were then and what they are now. What constitutes a thrilling movie? Is this movie still thrilling? Um, that, all that. Also, I think it's really interesting because this is an intersection, or the, uh, not intersection, this is the... Genesis? What's the word I'm looking for? Like the start of two very big careers yeah. in action filmmaking. Mm-hmm. One being Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. who had just done Risky Business, but was not the household name he was going to become. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the movie that kind of cemented his movie star status. And it was also directed by Tony Scott, who has gone on to direct some of the most iconic and famous action movies of all time. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting uh, that this movie exists um, and how it exists. And also talking about the influx of CGI in our current uh, blockbusters and this movie for the most part uh, shot practical aerial yeah. photography which yeah. is really yeah. interesting um, I should mention if you guys are lived under a rock uh, Top Gun is about um, this elite uh, fighter squadron uh, in the US Navy where they train top the, 1% air, air, yeah they train the top naval fighter pilots mm-hmm. in the art of dogfighting and it centers on a cocky pilot played by Tom Cruise <laughs> Whose code name is Maverick? Mm. Um, call name. Until this call time, sign. I didn't, I didn't know what his actual name was. It's Lieutenant Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I think if you go to IMDb, it just lists yeah. Maverick. It's on his plane. It's on the plane. It actually says yeah. Pete Mitchell. Oh, it's an yeah. Easter egg, right. folks. Right. Um, and uh, surprisingly, I have never seen this movie all the way through, which is another reason why I chose it. Um, really surprising when you surprising I, to Ivan. <laughs> Surprising Ivan. <laughs> Not so surprising for Mike, who hasn't nope. seen any movie. So, Mike, what did you? Um, what was your familiarity with Top Gun, and what did you think of it? Um, first of all, I do want to call attention to the fact that Ivan, his storied movie career, has not seen this movie. It's usually me every week. This is sweet <laughs> justice. That Ivan has not seen this movie. You both um, have not seen this movie. I have seen this movie. Yeah. yeah. What did you think? So, um, okay. So, I mean, I'm familiar with the movie insofar as like I, I've. I've it's so ingrained in pop culture that you just, I've seen clips of it. You can't avoid it. It's just everywhere. Um, and uh, I think I had gotten the general gist of it. I've seen like the, the, the volleyball scene with everyone taking their shirts off and running around, oiled up and hitting the ball <laughs> back and forth and oozing machismo. Which if I, um, I'm going to interrupt you. I don't you think loved, it, right? Oops. I don't think it was as homoerotic as I was expecting no, it to be. No, I, I agreed, but it's still... Because pop culture has made that scene so iconic for how like homoerotic it is. I was like, yeah. whatever. You're it's just a couple of dudes playing volleyball. What's With the, the shirts problem? off. I mean, who hasn't yeah. done that? You know. And yeah. I will note that Goose, um, Maverick's... Does um, not take his shirt does off. Does not take his shirt off. Yeah. So... 
That's why I think that's why you like him so much as a character. He's, he's modest. He's just a guy. He, you know, he's just not that. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think I, I had seen all these things, and I, I went to it assuming it was going to be a cheesy eighty movies with Kenny Loggins and uh, Tom Cruise and Kenny Shirtless Loggins men and who sings Danger Zone. Danger and Zone, a couple of songs, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I went into expecting that, and um, that's exactly what it was. However, <laughs> I think there was a surprising amount of depth to it, or I think substance to the movie, um, especially when you compare it to modern-day um, blockbusters. I think there was more story to it and more character development. Uh, I think it made like some relatively bold choices for the most part. It didn't seem like a cliche. I mean, I think I see blockbusters today, and I roll my eyes at half of like the uh, beats of the story, and I think this was a lot different. Um, it's definitely got its corny lines, like Dave, you said earlier. <laughs> your, your ego is writing. Your, your, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Like that's like so <laughs> crazy. It's Principal awesome at how bad it is, right? But um, I, I think there's like there's a lot, like I cared more about the characters than I thought I would, and um, I mean overall I enjoyed it. It's entertaining. I think yeah, it's it's got some '80s cheese too, but I think that's one of the reasons why it's so charming to me. Um, soundtrack. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. And it's again. I think like even that song. You know, it's Danger, that song. Dang, which one? Danger, Danger Zone. Zone. Take your breath or away. Take your, both. Take both of them. Really. I think, I think one the, of them won an Oscar. Didn't uh, take your breath. Take uh, my breath away. Yeah. I think All one, I know yeah. is both those songs are played like eighty million times in this movie. It, like, yes. It's not just yes. once. They are yeah. played like every ten minutes. Like, oh, here we go. Yeah, again. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. I do want to talk about that. Um, but. I think those movies perfectly encapsulate this movie. It's like a catchy song. You're just like, oh, it's just so corny, but it's just great. I mean, listen, a guitar riff. This is fantastic. I mean, I think that's how I view the whole movie. I'm like, this is cheesy, but I, I like it, and I think there is more to it than I thought it would be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you. So David hated <laughs> David hated this movie. My God, no, look no, no. at him. Well, this is so uh, angry. Listen, let me listen. say this for the listeners at home: uh, if you can picture how excited Dave was when we talked about Jaws, picture the opposite of that. <laughs> And that's where we're at right now. Dave is like sitting here biting a knife. Just like, hey, he cannot wait to just. No, it's it's not. It's not true. Uh, Yes, this movie is not good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. This movie is just not good. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna say something else here. Don't be sorry. This movie is worth seeing and worth uh, jumping into, especially if you end up renting the Blu-ray. Because uh, there is a making of feature on this Blu-ray that gave me more appreciation for Top Gun the movie. And uh, and so I you know I watched the movie. I took my notes and I said, "Why are we watching this?" To my wife, <laughs> and she's like, "I don't know. Why are we watching this?" It's, it's a classic <laughs> in its own right. Like, yeah. I've seen I've seen this movie. I've seen it in bits and pieces. I've seen it all the way through. The first, the first time I saw it, it was on again, just like with Jaws. This was I saw it on VHS as a kid because I'm you know 83, so I'm old enough to have rented VCRs in the past. You were born 83. Uh, uh, yes, I was born in 83. No, you weren't because yeah, no, I was born in 83. You no, were definitely not. No, I, I'm saying I was 83 at the time. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and the mythology continues. <laughs> we need to calculate Dave's actual age based so, on what we've... So why isn't this a good movie? So to me, Top Gun is a two-hour music video. It's a video game and a military recruitment ad, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, true, I, true. I mean, I think... And I do think there is, as you say, there is some depth to some of the characters and some of the story, but... It's not. It's not very deep depth. <laughs> it's no, very, but, but it's, okay. It's, you know, it's, it's think like, about okay. So Tom Cruise is a character who has. Um, he has. He's joined. It sounds like he's joined the the. Uh, I want to say Air Force, but it's the Naval Air Force, right? Is what it is. Yeah, he's in yes, the Navy. In the okay. Navy. It's in the Navy. He joined the Navy because his father was in the Navy, and and it sounds like his father had had been uh, either died or he had a bad relationship, and that would go on to become kind of a cliched. Um, 
uh, kind of a trope of Tom Cruise's career where he played characters who were trying to live up to his uh, like Daddy. up until Magnolia he was he was still playing characters that were like well Magnolia he is playing that as well right I'm saying like oh. up until that point he was like, it's like so many of his characters were I, ha- I, I have uh, the Magnolia that's a great movie huh um Anyway, uh, he plays characters where like, oh, my dad, I had problems with my father growing up, and and or I, my father didn't respect me growing up, and here's my way of of proving myself to everyone, proving myself to his father. So it might not have been a cliche at the time, but looking it's become cliche. It, it has become a cliche, especially. That, that says something about this movie. This is the quote unquote original, right. you know, like. And you know. The, there were there were a lot of innovative and newish things things compared to movies before. You know, before 1986, this movie did do, like. If, if you go, if, if I said go back and watch a movie from the 80s, you would expect to see, um, you know, like uh, at, guys with like curly, kind of bad hair. Everyone in this movie doesn't look like it, they all have kind of timeless haircuts. They all, mm-hmm. you know, the military uniforms make it feel a little more timeless because it doesn't feel that dated. The um, it doesn't. There's a lot of things about this movie that don't feel dated. Um, but mustaches, the mustaches, Tom Skerritt, <laughs> oh Tom Skerritt, yeah. No, so this movie overall. If there is ever a man who's meant to have a mustache. That it's man. Tom Skerritt. See, I'm trying to find. Yes, I know Tom Skerritt's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, so, I don't know. I mean, to me, okay. it, to me, it seems like this movie was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and his partner at the time, Don Simpson. And if you know anything about Don Simpson. Uh, I actually read a book about about this. He was a producer, a crazy producer in the '80s, who was always on coke. And, and I was just going to make a coke joke, and I didn't even need no, to. No, no, he was. He, he was actually. He was actually. He was actually if you if you've seen the movie True Romance, which Tony Scott also directed, there's a character in that movie who's a producer, loosely based on Don Simpson, who was notorious for having these like crazy parties. So I'm just I'm just picturing Don Simpson snorting a bunch of coke and drinking a bunch of bourbon and coming up with these lines like your ego is writing check your body can't cash and you live your life between your legs man and and I feel the need man the need, the need for speed for you know? speed like all these lines that have kind of become cliche but I just imagine like you know the producers and writers just sitting there like snorting coke and saying what would be cool to say man yeah and I don't know I know it's not exactly how it went down and no I, and listening to probably the com- was and, but. <laughs> and listening to the com- I actually watched this movie twice I watched it with the commentary because I wanted to hear what the technical advisors had to say and I watched the making of which was a two and a half hour documentary because I, I thought like My I have to get God. something out of this I have to get something out of this experience good God and I'm telling you the do- the making of is very actually entertaining and very interesting to, to watch well I'm actually yeah I'm curious about some of the technical aspects of the movie but um Apparently, you know more about Top Gun than anybody in the world right now. Well, <laughs> know your enemy. Well, that's because I really did actually dive into the Blu-ray a little bit, um, and uh, I was like, "Why?" I wanted to understand why is it? Why did this movie turn out the way it did? If why I could surmise it? Dave's review, it sounds like he's saying it's a coke-infused military recruitment <laughs> video. Is that yes. accurate? That's a great way to put it. Coke-infused. That is a good way to put it. I'm gonna, pass, I'm gonna pass the mic on to you. Okay. Um, so, having seen this for the first time all the way through, here's what I'm gonna say. Oh, boy. It's not very good. (laughs) But I'm also going to say this. I don't know if the reason it's not good is the movie's fault. And I think you touched upon this, Dave. (laughs) Is because I kept unrolling my eyes throughout. But is it, it's, is, are you at fault for being cliche if it wasn't cliche when you did it? No. No, absolutely not. And in fact, I think that's, it's a testament to the movie. If you set the cliches up, like I just said, like, but they have to hold up, though. And I, and I think that looking, I, I mean, what, this podcast is about looking at a movie from nowadays, right? right? And I think that if you look at it from nowadays, it's like, God, this movie is cheesy. Mm-hmm. But I think if I could, I, I, I think it's hard, I think it's really hard to separate that when watching it. 
because I know all those lines that don't work, you know, even the sex scene, which is such a prototypical 80s sex scene with him and Kelly McGillis, because there's no nudity. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the... Yeah, I was severely disappointed. Yeah. Hey, I, I love Kelly McGillis and Witness, hey. let me tell you. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> that's a very good movie. That's a great movie. We should do that movie. Um, but like, it, everything, you know, kind of fits certain 80s cliches. Now, that being said... I think all the action sequences are genuinely entertaining and genuinely Actually, well shot. Actually, I'll say, uh, I would say, the, I feel, to me, half the time during the action sequences, I wasn't sure who was playing with who half yes. the time. And I, I didn't know who, I who was fighting with who. See, and yeah. why. I usually was... I, I've seen this movie. I thought it was times. pretty easy just because the planes look so different. Um, mm. um, the, the big issue with this movie, if you're just looking at it from a narrative perspective, is there's really no enemy. Mm. There's no... There's no that's villain right. in the movie, that's right. and in the big climax of the movie, his um, pride, his cockiness, yeah, his yeah, the past he, that's he haunting is him, his own worst the past enemy. is his enemy, but like his ego versus the <laughs> that's right, the ego that uh, he can't the afford versus it. the ego, <laughs> I guess. Is, now, in a movie about fighter pilots, it'd be really lame if they actually didn't go out on a real fighter pilot mission, um, because most of the movie is training exercises. So the last, the climactic fight scene is that they are uh, fighting nameless Russian MIGs for no other reason than they happen to be actually, Russian. North I think, Korean was. North Korea was supposedly the enemy, according to the uh, technical advisors. Oh, really? It was supposed yeah, to be North Korea. They but I right. thought they were it, Russian. It's possible, but they kept it vague so that they, kept it they didn't have no say, markings. But it, yeah. exactly. In the script, it was supposed to be North Koreans. It's just that it is so vague. I think also, probably for safety, if they want to piss the Russians off in the right. middle of the Cold War. Like, I think about overseas uh, 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 grosses. I mean, they, you know, they can't have the North Koreans... But uh, and, and the Russians angry. Unless <laughs> they're not like, going to go see yeah, look how badass we are. Yeah, that, that the, the success of a movie about the American <laughs> military overseas. Um, and I think that's a problem. I wish the movie was less about a training exercise or... No, but I, you know what? I like I like that because I think, uh, uh, again, it's a, it's a trope to have... Oh, they're fighting to save the world. Mm-hmm. Like they're fighting against a guy who's carrying a nuke that's going to blow up the entire this is Earth. This going to sound awfully cliche, but I wish that the ending was... These rookie pilots are the only ones left who no, can go into the No, <laughs> right. exactly. And that's what I'm expecting. I was expecting, like, oh, they're going to have to fight off a squadron. They're going to come together. And I like the smaller scale of it. I like the fact that it's more. It's really more psychological than anything else. It's him trying to get through a school and, and like, him trying to keep his ego in check, follow the rules while also be himself and rise right. to the top of it. Well, there he, is a he, definite character arc, no doubt well, about it. Yeah, and yeah. when you think about it, his, what makes him so good is his unpredictability and his, like, lack of following mm-hmm. convention. Mm-hmm. So when he's in a school where he has to follow convention or not be number one, it's, I think it's an interesting... Uh, well, if that's the case, I wish they would have gone... Juxtaposition. I, that was a good word. I wish they would have <laughs> gone whole hog with it. I wish there never was a mission where mm-hmm. they fight the Russians or North mm-hmm. Koreans or whoever they fight. I wish that the climax was him fighting for the cup or whatever it is mm-hmm. in the movie. And I wish he had to, you know, regain his confidence that way. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that you say that Fair because enough, yeah. I forget where, uh, I forget who said this on the commentary or the making of, but they pointed out what this movie really is, is a sports movie. It is. It's a sports yeah, movie. Absolutely. You know it's like, I mean? yeah. exactly. It's, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, yeah. they lose, he loses the big, you know, big match. Big he has game. to go back and right. he has to, he has to be the winner. And he and his team win the big game at the end, you know, it's got I the think very, that, it's like, it's like Rocky, you know. It, it is. One of the Rocky sequels, at least. And I think structurally that, that would have been more interesting to me if there wasn't actually a real mission, especially because it's like, who are these guys and why does it matter if they kill these guys and why are they fighting these people? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, that was I mean, the problem that, with the end. It's like, I, I don't care at this point. 
I, I kind of care about Tom Cruise, but I don't care who's shooting who and why and who's chasing who and why. I understand Val Kilmer's character. We should mention Val Kilmer plays uh, Iceman, Ice right? And this was his kind of his big break at the same time. And, uh, you know, okay, so it's about these that was two guys biting the that air. have to learn to get along. Tom Cruise has to learn to get along with Iceman, and Iceman has to learn how to, like, let Tom Cruise do his thing and so they can work together and... You know, but can I say, man. but again, I mean, that's even that. I, I found myself caring more about Iceman than I, I was expecting to because I'm, I'm, I'm but he barely to made see. a dent. And he, he's like, he's, he's in the locker room and he's like, he's showing his chest. He's like, yeah, and then he does like that bite, wait, wait, the air wait. bite. I think it would have been really easy, like Mike's saying, to make Iceman just a jerk. Yeah. He's not. He he's just not a totally evil guy. He's not. He's not at all. In fact, I think he's he's got an ego, right? They all do. They're all freaking There's the one top 1%. There's one scene that they put in where it makes him not a jerk, and that's when he says, I'm sorry about Goose's No, death. before that, I say, even when he's when he's arguing in the locker room, he's not like, yeah, you're garbage. He's telling him, like, hey, you are, you're dangerous. Like, yeah. you're putting everyone else in danger. And that's, to me, it's like, this guy's a disciplined pilot. And he is... <laughs> but that's such a... It's, 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 maybe, again, it's the past, and it's, it, it, that scene is such a... You're dangerous. And then Tom Cruise is like, yeah, I'm dangerous, Ice Man. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I'll say this guy, yeah. You know, right. I don't know. There's something no, no, really the, cheesy about it. That it something pull, really cheesy about it that you can't put your finger on? <laughs> it pulls me completely out of, like, oh, whatever. I don't know. For me, that's, that's I can, how it I came can up. see that. I, I, okay, again, I think no, I went into let, this let, kind of. I think it's a celebration of '80s cheese, <laughs> and I think it has it more is. to it than than just well, you know, fluff. What? Let's break down the cliches. There's definitely here. much worse movies in the '80s. I'll get. I'll, I'll agree. But let, <laughs> yeah. let's let's break down the cliches a bit. Okay, you can have I Tom, say Tom Cruise's daddy issues. Yeah. yeah Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is a cliche. Maverick is a loose cannon that doesn't follow the rules, but it's right. his unpredictability that's also his greatest asset. Right. That's yeah. a very just a like cliche say thing. Beverly Hills Cop or Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Or the name Maverick. Maverick movie is just that's not the Terminator. The father, the father figure in the character becomes his commander, Tom Skerritt, yeah. who is a tough as nails guy, but really does like Tom Cruise and puts right. him under his wing a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's a cliche. And then also, good. Okay, continue. Okay. No, 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 go no, no, ahead. No, go ahead. I want to hear this. And um, can we say the the, the uh, sexual tension that draws out for like eight, ninety minutes, where you're just sitting there like, "Come on, get it over with already." You mean him and Kelly McGillis? Yes, yeah. they're in the elevator. It just went on for way too long. There's and, the like, woman who's out of his league that he ends up recruit. He mm-hmm. ends up, you know, consummating a relationship yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he had he won her over was just mm-hmm. like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> we, women show. around the yeah. world lost with this one. And uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that really struck when I was watching. It. I was like, "This is really, really cliche." Motorcycle, like the way he, dri- he drives a motorcycle. Everything shot at sunset. Yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of monologuing for no apparent reason, mm-hmm. and also there's a major death in the movie that is meant to uh, that occurs at the start of the third act. That's mm-hmm. meant to incite. See, right, and that's what gives it, and that's what gives it a little bit of depth. Is and that's that what I'm saying. I don't think in a, in a typical movie you wouldn't have a goose die. I think no, that I think was you like would. I think you would. So but, let's get into that. So Tom Cruise is okay. So explain this to me because you watch the techno commentary. Mm-hmm. What is the function of the guy behind him other than to make quips? Because what uh, does well, he that's do? That's it. He just entertains him. That's <laughs> it. Oh, I don't remember if they say Because he can't exists. control the plane. I don't, I don't remember every single thing, but, but supposedly... he has something to do with radar, inter- radar interception something. Well, I forget I, exactly. What I want to point out is that... Because one, he's not one, flying the plane. <laughs> one, one thing the, the technical advisors did say was that when you're in a dogfight, they happen so fast and that, let's say, for instance, you're flying by somebody, that, that other person you're flying towards, the enemy or whoever disappears faster than you could possibly believe. They just turn into a tiny little dot like in a few seconds. So it, it, when you're flying the plane and doing everything else, it's good to have a second person supposedly 
to help uh, do everything else you need to do in a plane. You know, where you talk to people. Uh, you know, give. It, okay. being, be, so I think that's I'll part of the that. reason. That's part of the reason. I wish that was explained a bit more. I'm like, what, I'm like, what is this yokel doing behind? Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, someone has to wear a mustache in there. Right? It wasn't going to be Tom yeah, Cruise. Someone has to be the loser in the plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But so. anyway, that's a big in the plot of the movie. Tom Cruise's character is selected to be in the top one percent of this, this school called Top Gun Flight right. School. In the Diego. highest of guns. And the highest of guns. And his goal, <laughs> his goal is to uh, basically, you know, graduate at the top of his class, become a world class fighter pilot, and be number one. And in one of uh, the exercise missions, his um, not co pilot, but his RTO, RIO, something. Yeah, it's his, a weird whose name word. Goose. And is is killed yes. in the midst of the exercise, which I didn't quite understand how Goose dies. It, how okay, Goose dies. He, well, he, he ejects, ejects into the the, um, the glass dome over the, the, the cockpit. The cockpit. Cock, not the cockpit, but the uh, whatever the top of the plane is. The fuselage, <laughs> the interior. The top pops off and supposedly he ejects into it so and what, hits his head and one of the, breaks his spine. One, or of the, one of their jobs, I do remember this, one of the jobs of the Rio, I think it's called the Rio That's or something it. like that, okay, Rio. is, uh, is mm-hmm. to make sure that the top is, is far enough away so that when they do hit eject, that uh, they don't, they don't so smash into it. That was his job. He so didn't he broke do his it neck. He broke died. his neck. You had one job. You yeah, had well, one I mean, job. I think what had happened was they were caught in the stream of another jet, and that's how they got into the flat spin or whatever. And, and so then he had to eject, and I don't know, shit happens. <laughs> well, they had, they, had, they had a technical malfunction that made the, the jet uh, stop fighting. They lost an engine or something like that. So that wasn't anyone's fault. It just happened to be a freak accident. And the movie, Which, needed- again, you know what? Again, I think that's... It, I, I, I've appreciated that he ends up dying because of just a freak accident. It wasn't like, you know, the bad guy killed him and then he has to avenge his death. It was just right. a freak accident. It wasn't It wasn't like a, a it wasn't sabotage, which I thought mm-hmm. it was for a while. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. you know, a freak accident. These things happen and he just yeah. died, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie needed some kind of uh, some, some kind of device to get Tom Cruise to, to Maverick's character, Maverick to actually change, right? Because he wasn't going to change otherwise. He was, he was kind of just pushing forward with this being a kind of a cocky loner jerk kind of kind of guy and, he could have, uh, I mean that could have happened in any of a and, thousand ways and though. it was just it kind of was it was just like a it was a device to get his character to go off in a different direction so I mean it was like uh I don't know I mean if I, I mean it was kind of I didn't say, think I wouldn't say it was a foregone conclusion but I think it was pretty obvious that something tragic was going to happen in the movie. Oh, that's me. And uh, oh, it's me at least. I mean, because I Cause, saw because you're good, Dave. Because <laughs> I see it. Oh, I um, didn't expect Goose to die at all. I think yeah, that really? was a big move. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, in I fact, like... it, the, uh, in watching this movie with fresh eyes, it's mm-hmm. the only thing that didn't surprise it, that totally yeah. caught me by surprise. Yep, in the movie. Gotcha. Everything in else, fact, I'm, like, think... I'm like, this is so cliche. I'm like, wow, I can't believe they actually killed him. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they did that. Especially yeah. when they go out of their way to you introduce, introduce his wife and kid, and like by a very young Meg Ryan. Ryan. And I'll tell you what, if I was expecting anything, I was expecting they were both going to get kicked out of school. And mm-hmm. He was going to like you know the typical policeman turning in his badge or he leaves the school or something, and it was right. going to be that Goose was in trouble because right. of that. They didn't set that up at all. I didn't think they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they telegraphed that at all. He does kind of like hand in his gun and badge after that happens, right? Or at least he stops trying. Or yeah, something. but I think Mike's point is that he would have kicked out and then felt really guilty that he screwed over Goose's career in life. Because and he then he would have come back. Or, yeah, they would have, yeah, I can't do this. I have my conscience tells me I can't be in this school. I got to go after these bad guys myself, something like that, you know, like. Something, something that didn't, so I, I kind of actually respect that he dies, um, respect that he dies that's awful um, it's messed up, man. and I think emotionally that moment actually does work in the movie mm-hmm. um, a lot of other stuff didn't quite and I'll wh- tell you what too I think like you like Goose I, I didn't at the beginning no, I'm like, I Goose is this loser yeah. with a mustache like this well, guy but as, as it goes on I actually I like, like it from the start 
Oh, okay. Well, no, yeah. well, Goose is the You're better man than I. <laughs> Goose is the avatar for the viewer. I would argue. Yeah, he's the most yeah. relatable for us because we're obviously not cool enough to be Tom Cruise or uh, Iceman. Whoa! Excuse me. I'm not. Thank you. Dave and I are fine. We can do this. Goose is the relatable guy. <laughs> Need Goose, speed, bro. Goose is the guy who has a wife. He's got a family. He's yeah. like a more normal dude. Yeah. Right. Um, he's settled. He's settled. Tom Cruise is the maverick. He's the right. maverick, the loose right. cannon. So um, I want to talk about the Kelly McGillis character, which we touched upon briefly, who plays Charlie, the love interest in the movie. Mm-hmm. Did any of that work for anybody? Yeah, a little bit. And you said your wife watched this with you? Yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, is that the love story in this movie is just kind of a side story. The movie isn't about these two people. I mean, it just, it's, I mean, it, to me, it, it was obvious that, okay, we need someone who looks really pretty we need a we need a we need a girl for this movie we can't have just all guys running around with the tops off and like hanging out in the locker room yelling at each other it's got to be there's got to be a little romance because half our audience women you know guys are going to be dragging their wives to this (laughs) right you know women i mean i guess they have more than enough eye candy with all those shirts right yes that's true that's true something for the soul too for the heart yes right they want a little romance along with their uh shaved chest so (laughs) oil (laughs) so they got so they got kelly mcgillis who's originally in the script was going to be a uh cope a cope another not a co-pilot but a uh another top gun um contender or whatever as a male no, oh, I thought although, that, although that would have that been, would have been <laughs> an interesting turn. Yeah, that would have been more of a of an interesting so turn. So many yeah. ways. Yeah, right. No, no, she was going to be... But then the, uh, when they gave the script to the military, that they said, well, we don't actually allow fraternizing between... Uh, pilots, so they changed it to. They said, "Well, what do you do if we want a girl in this movie?" The military said, "Girls can't do that." <laughs> yes, the military exactly. That's Girls can't fly a jet. The military, the military actually had. I mean, they took the script, they showed it to uh, the actual play, the actual Top Gun place, and said, "What about this movie works and what doesn't work?" And they had, they actually gave notes, and and one of the notes was that you can't have a woman be a pilot because it's not how it works, at least not in 1986. So they said, "Well, they said if if there, if there was going to be a woman on this base." How would there be a woman? And they said, "Well, we do have these uh, corporate contractors coming. We in. got a, we got some and cooks so that's exactly in the kitchen." Actually, and there was actually, her character is actually based on a real uh, a real woman. I forget what her name is, but uh, she, uh, who's still around. So anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean, they had this uh, I'll character, say, I mean, and, and you know, I, I didn't. She's obviously older and more experienced and whatever, but I, I, it, it this is what I, I think. I think that romance would have worked for me up like. Except the fact that I think she had a change in character that I don't think was true. So I think the whole time she's kind of fending off Tom Cruise. Like, she's not wowed by any of his stuff. She's kind of like, she she might find him attractive. She might know that he's like, oh, he's top of his class. He's, mm-hmm. he's bold. I appreciate that. But um, she's not taken by a lot of this stuff. She appreciates it, but she's it's, the tricks aren't working on her. Mm-hmm. I appreciated yeah, she's, that. She's and older. I think she's on, a, on this date. When she's they more intelligent. Meet. Absolutely. And she's I think, on a like, date with an older guy. Oh, right, right, right. right. At the beginning. And yeah, and I think, like, it, I think that was... I, I liked her character because of that. Because you don't want to see Tom Cruise succeed at this. She's like, no, come on. <laughs> and the fact that she friends him off, I'm like, all right, good for you, girl. Okay. <laughs> and then somewhere along the way, she just kind of gets all, like, stupid over it. And she just kind of, like, just falls for I'm like, it should have been she is resistant to the end. Or she keeps a little bit of it. Or she... Likes him, she's attracted to him, but she's not going to go all gaga like a little girl over him. I, I, I kind of was. Well, she just doesn't want anyone to know that 
she's falling for him. Right. I mean, come on. That's a, that's a great example of a line that just doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. It's funny because she's a really good actress and she was able to kind of sell that line, but the line itself is I mean, she sells it as to... much as, as an actor can. I think there's problems with the character at the, the, mm-hmm. the script level, I think. Well, one thing I appreciated about her character, as Mike said, is I think in a lesser movie, they would have slept together right away. And mm-hmm. they don't. She right. rejects him to begin with and she it takes a little bit for that to, to Yeah, go. it takes like one second for that to... Yeah. But it, it takes, his, know, it drawn takes out, his complete like, and utter rejection for her to actually say yes, fine, fine. You know, it, when he says, I can't hear you, and he's on the motorcycle, he zooms away, and it's, he's yeah. chasing him through traffic like an idiot. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In movie time, though, at least that worked for me. And they have they have a real date. They do have a real date where they go out, and they just have a date. They, they yeah, don't, where, they don't, I, I certainly that? appreciated that, they, yeah. They get together, and he's sweaty from playing volleyball. Oh, yeah, he shows oh, up and says, hey, can I take a shower? shower. Like, what kind of asshole? Uh-huh. shows up at a woman's house and says, can I take a shower? That and kind of asshole. she makes him dinner. She tells him no, which is the rational human thank response. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, because again... And they eat dinner, mm-hmm. and then he goes home. There mm-hmm. is... They because don't, that, well, that he says scene, he's going to take a shower at the end of that scene. Still, anyway, regardless but, but of what this, she said, that would have that, that's like uh, um, fertile soil for like a really steamy shower scene where she like and looks over happen. and she sees him come out of the shower. Maybe you get to see his butt and then like right. it's or a, towel a James around. Bond movie. I think that's what right. would happen or any any movie. No, James Bond would like, just like strangle the woman. Now you got <laughs> you're, you're dissing a lot of. I mean, I was just we were just talking before the podcast about. How, it was actually a pretty decent uh, summer for movies this year. I mean, you saw Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, which has been pretty good. So we don't, you know, we don't, don't, have, we don't have to dis modern day blockbusters. Yeah, we do. To, uh, a bunch to, of crotchety old to men. praise well, or criticize Top Gun. Is what I I'm don't, to say. I don't know. I don't know because I don't think the, the summer was as positive as you've made it out to be. But that's yeah, what really seen, I haven't seen as much as you have. My though. point is just that we don't have to say that modern movies aren't. I think that's good. By and large, though, man, I I don't know. It's rare when I find a movie and I'm not rolling my eyes. It's certain, like, oh, okay, there we go. Check the box there. Yeah, well, I mean, you can think about what other movies came out in 1986. Your favorite movie, Aliens, also came out in the summer of 1986. (laughs) That's a good summer, man. It was a good summer. But to go on to your point, I think that what you're saying is accurate in the sense that I think it's a very, um, I think it's almost a a cliche statement to say that, oh, so movies were so much better back in the day and we don't Mm -hmm. make good movies anymore and blah, blah, blah. I do think that is a problem. I think that's a very, overarching blanket statement Agreed. that isn't true. I think there's a lot of great movies being made. Yes. I don't I don't doubt that whatsoever. But the fact that a movie I mean, this is the equivalent this movie is equivalent to Transformers in my opinion, mm-hmm. and yep. I would take Top Gun a million times over Transformers. I would agree with you. Um, yep. Any of those Transformers. Like I can take it because I have a real problem with the statement. Oh, I just want to turn off my brain and watch a movie. Yeah, I hate that. I I hate that phrase for a couple mm-hmm. reasons. One because I can be very entertained by a movie that's not super intellectual and artsy. It doesn't have to. You're not looking for an Inception movie. But I'm looking for something that resonates with me at a human level. Yeah, because I'm going to be more entertained by a movie that I connect with. If I don't, if I'm just watching a movie that's just stuff on screen, which is like a Transformers movie, mm-hmm. I'm going to be bored because Absolutely. there's nothing for me. There's to no co- emotional connection. There's You're nothing not for me to connect to. Yes. And I will argue that in this movie, Top Gun. There is an emotional connection to Maverick, at mm-hmm. least on a base level. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the best movie in the world, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's that great of a movie. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, but at the very least, they kind of did their homework, mm-hmm. and they may have, you know, 
they may have gotten a D or C, but at least mm. they at least they tried. Right. There was some effort put in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. someone actually wrote a script and handed it to somebody right. and they read it, it doesn't before feel, they made right, the movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel <laughs> like it was just barfed up. It feels like they actually thought things through when they made yeah, Top they, Gun. They, yeah. It feels like they actually did talk about story <laughs> at some point in making this movie and right. character development. Right. I, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and Tom Cruise actually cared about what his character's motivation was in right. the scene. Yeah. And yeah. that's enough for me to actually be like, okay, right. Top Gun, well done. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's what I'm saying. 90% of the movies that Tom Cruise has gone on to do since Top Gun, he, it, it, you could tell he's a, he's a guy who who cares about uh, the movie he's making. He really cares about the content, you know, to the extent where he probably cares a little too much sometimes. So, yeah, you know, sure. and, uh, you know, like he's, he's risking life and limb and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I mean, you don't really have to climb up the side of the Burj Khalifa, Tom Cruise. I mean, you could you actually do that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh I mean, he's, he's a guy who's like so committed to to his movies and to making sure it's the best that it can be. And I think that he was just starting, you know, this when he was just starting out, he, he was... It felt like he was really, really committed. Like he's, he's always felt like a really committed. We should talk about. I, well, I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good segue to talk about Tom Cruise. I do want to say one thing is uh, the way I would put it is it feels like with a movie like Top Gun that um, it's like everyone involved wanted to make a good movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know how well they succeeded to that point, but. When I again, I keep on harping on this Transformers thing, but I don't think everyone involved with that wants to make a good movie. No, 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 no. And, and that and, and that's a problem for me. Yeah. And um, but anyway, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Let's talk about him. He's being, you know, he's the butt of many a joke. Mm-hmm. He's. Um, and we should, so when did Tom Cruise become this the the joke? Joke Scientology. Thing, the, the couch yes, jumping moment. The couch yes. jumping. That's, that's when jumped the shark. Yes, that's what I, I read recently. Was this uh, article about that? How that was just when YouTube was coming out, so it became one of the first big viral videos. Tom Cruise yeah. on the couch, and uh, it's too bad for him because you know. <laughs> I think it was. I think it all kind of came to a head at, at that moment. I think there was things mounting at that point. I think yeah. again, like, and I'm not trying to bash Scientology though. I, no, you can bash Scientology. It's kind right, of a wacky but, thing. But, right, right. But for our, all of our Scientologists, I'm listeners, sorry. Scientologist, <laughs> but two, no, and I, you have I two think, listeners and one is a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think that, I think that kind of I started painting him in a weird light, and then there was everything going on with I think, uh, I think Katie Holmes. Weird happened with her and him, and then there was he like, had an interview with Matt Lauer where he called him glib, I think, and he he was criti- he was critical of, of psychiatric medicine, which is a really dumb right. thing to be critical of. So, yeah. and then there was the, I think, oh, did you ever see the uh, some guy at like an award ceremony squirted him with like a fake microphone and he grabs his wrist and like won't let him go and just keeps like interrogating yeah, but him. Like, to be yeah. fair, to be fair to Tom Cruise, if someone Overly was a jerk to me at that point, I'd be like, "What are you oh, doing?" Well, no, I'm, I'm not falling for that. I'm just saying, there's a lot of things I think in quick succession, like, yeah. just put him just not in quite in the best. It's like light. the perfect storm of bad publicity. Well, yeah. You talk about yeah. a guy who went from being a sex symbol where women like he yeah. was loved by women, swimming yeah. over him to where Dude. no woman in the world is attracted to Tom Cruise. Anymore. I guess, crazy. I guess not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> actually, speaking of, you know what? Did you notice his teeth, teeth were weird? What was his, up with his teeth? His middle, one of his teeth is directly underneath his nose. Like they're all. I've, I've, read, I've read that, but I, I and I, and I, I couldn't stop looking at it. In, it as I was watching this movie, I'm like, Tom Cruise's teeth are really messed up. And speaking <laughs> of teeth and weird things, he's got to chill with the creepy smile, like the like says something, and the 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 slowly smile like creeps across his face, like hey. That could also be him developing his, as an actor, though. Too. Yeah, yeah um, I'm just saying it's it's, it's creepy. I don't know. Anyway, um, no, I mean he's, I mean, he was a really uh, focused. Actor. I mean, he's he's always been a really he, focused he's actor. He's legend, right? He's in Legend. Yeah, that was the movie he had done that, before like this. And there's some behind the scenes clip on the on the Blu-ray where they they show him showing up to like his first uh, test 
like flight in a plane, and he's got long hair. I'm assuming from and he's skinnier, and, yeah. and uh, they were calling him like, let's let's take this hippie kid on a ride. He's never gonna forget. He's never gonna want to make this movie. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Movie, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's not a good movie. <laughs> Legend. Legend's not good. No, no, Legend is pretty bad actually. And that I've was with, and it. that was directed by Ridley Scott, who his brother, and and he, I guess he had a good experience on it, and that's why he made uh, Tony Scott's brother. And that's why he ended up uh, finding out about Top Gun and making I didn't Top know Gun. That they were, huh. And uh, so Ridley Scott directed uh, was already a name at the time. He had directed Alien and Blade Runner and Legend. Mm-hmm. And Legend was his uh, another movie from the eighties. Anyway, Legend not good. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that one. Although Tim we'll Curry, Tim Curry, who's kind of a relatively famous English character actor, is in it. He plays Satan with these gigantic oh, horns. horns. Yeah, and uh, I think I may have actually seen this movie. Yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah, it's it's really really cheesy, but uh, it it looks fantastic. Just like Jennifer Connelly in Legends. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, that's no, Labyrinth. No, 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 that's Labyrinth. Uh, oh. Mia Sarah, I think from from Ferris Bueller is in. in uh, yes. Oh, uh, the one who plays Legend. Sloan in S- Sloan in Ferris Bueller. Yes, okay. she's in the Legend. Uh, anyway, yes. So Tom Cruise had made Risky Business. He made Legend. It was a big flop. So he was looking for something that was going to be bigger. And, and Tom and, and this just, I mean, I I, rem- I still remember the summer this movie came out. I was in, I was ten. I was in a. Uh, you know, all my friends were going to see it. I didn't see it until it was on on video. But I mean, he became like the shit when when uh, Top Gun hit, and then he was in uh, Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July. I mean, he just had like a string of of critical and commercial hits. Uh, I feel like I've only ever seen him in the same role, unfortunately, for the most part. Again, like there's a couple exceptions. Except for Magnolia. Uh, Magnolia. Magnolia. I mean, Born I'd on the Fourth like of July. See, yeah. Have you seen Born on the Fourth of no, July? He was fantastic in that movie, and. Um, and you know, obviously, Jerry Maguire. But the, re- well, the reason Mission Impossible. Well, Jerry Maguire and, is the same character, and yeah. the reason he does that is he's really good at playing that character. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. He's Tom good Cruise, at and and this is another thing I want to talk about. Tom Cruise is there is no actor anymore. There are no movie stars anymore. Movie stars do not sell movies. Right. People don't go to. See, I would argue that people do not go to see movies based on who's in it. Yes. Anymore. Right. I think there was a time where you would see a Tom Cruise movie because Tom Cruise was the star mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. I don't think that exists, and if it did exist, people would have seen a movie like. Transcendence, mm-hmm. because supposedly, what was that? exactly that was <laughs> Johnny movie, Depp. That was Johnny Depp, uh, the, the sci-fi movie with Johnny Depp. I don't even hear about and this. And Johnny movie. Depp is supposedly Jeez. one of the biggest movie stars in the world. People are not seeing mm-hmm. the people are not going to see a movie just because Johnny Depp is in it. Anymore. They're seeing it because Johnny Depp is Jack Sparrow. Exactly. Right. They're seeing him because they're familiar with the character they once mm-hmm. liked, mm-hmm. but they're not seeing That's it. That's interesting. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Um, yeah. But I think there was a time in the early 90s I think this kind of reflects culture at the time I think there were supermodels which mm-hmm. I don't think exist anymore mm-hmm. and I think that there were movie no stars no more attractive mm-hmm. people no 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 there's mm-hmm. tons of models and there's tons of attractive people I don't think there are Cindy Crawford. You don't. you don't hear people referred to as supermodels anymore I don't I think, think like Elle Mc, there were like four supermodels there was Elle McPherson and Cindy Crawford right. and Naomi Campbell Sydney like, pe- Cindy <laughs> Cindy Crawford what did I say <laughs> Sydney oh good old Cindy Crawford Sydney's a girl's and boys um, but I guess my, my point is that you would name like Cindy, and you know you were talking about Cindy Crawford. Right. I don't think that exists anymore. I don't, and much the same way with movie stars. Right. And, and I you think had that's movie stars sh- like Julia Roberts and uh, Tom Cruise, obviously, and um, you know Harrison Ford, and, and you know there were a lot of name actors that would just people would I, I go would see the movie I, just I, because I, it was the latest. To an extent, yes. I think there's are certain- people seeing the Avengers because. Um, uh, I think Mark, Mark Ruffalo because Mark of, Ruffalo's in it. The <laughs> because of the Avengers. I mean, okay, like Steve Carell. Steve Carell's in a movie, though. I think a lot of people might be interested just because his he just loves Steve Carell. He doesn't, do. he doesn't make big hit movies. I mean, he made, he's a great, really. What about great actor. Evan Almighty? Explain that. Uh, Ivan, you mean Evan Almighty? My, my. So you just said, <laughs> I'm drunk. Evan. What did you say? What did you say? I think I said. I think I said Evan Almighty. You said Evan Almighty. <laughs> Ivan Almighty. <laughs> 
All right, let's wrap it up, boys. I this think is we found a new name for the podcast. <laughs> it's an ode to myself. <laughs> I'm an almighty. Welcome. Um, I, I, mean, I think that I think there are certain like I love certain actors and I'm more inclined to see things. I just don't think that the age of the movie star is quite right. what it was. It's like, it's like the movies themselves are the, the stars, right? Yeah, people in, in a way, see a movie right. like Transformers because of because of the story, right? No, no, <laughs> because they see because the, because because of the nuanced story, like the character the spectacle, or or Buzz. Those are the actual or maybe stars, right? Mark Wahlberg, like good, smell the good fart word face. of mouth. I mean, those are the things that make mo- people go see a movie now, um, and because uh, you know, you can. Everything okay? I'm getting water. Is that okay? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Moses. <laughs> continue on, Dave. This Mike is, just stood up. Is, is, like, he's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the first time that Mike is stealthily stood I gotta, up. <laughs> see, when I was talking, he's fine. He can handle it. Every time I do it, and Dave's like, just like, but he didn't get up. Whoa, what's going on? <laughs> you just like, Mike just stood up in front of me. Like, he was I'll, I'll wait till you're finished. Go ahead, Dave. Mm, all right. He feels the need, the need to be slow and get up and... I was trying to be quiet. Mike, get your water. Oh, look at this. You got table service. Davis poured me a glass of water. This is great. Do you want to drink this for me as well, or should I do that? This is great radio, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll narrate. Dave just poured uh, some water from a Brita container. (laughs) And then he put the Brita container in the fourth chair. So the the Brita container is now partaking in the podcast. And it looks like Mike's going to take a sip. Um, and, anyway, uh, so we talked about Tom Cruise a little bit. We should talk about Tony Scott, the director. Okay, let's and, do that. And, and because uh, Tony Scott, yeah, let's talk about this movie is shot. Because I mean, I, I know you think it that, looks it looks fantastic. Yeah, and you said that yes. the the movie is. Um, I wish I saw it on Blu-ray. By the way, mm-hmm. I saw it on regular DVD, which I think would have. I think regular you did it the D. right way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, you say the fight scenes were hard to follow. I thought they were really cool. Like some of the they were ways, cool. I, I, shots. Were, I, I, I love the way they were shot. I just couldn't like. Maybe it was the editing or the the the, the, the construction I, of the story I think, okay, or whatever. I, I mean, I think I just, the problem was I think they they broke like the one eighty uh, line like a billion times. I couldn't figure out I, I that was no I think idea. my issue. I had a tough time orienting myself to where that like. You'd be in the cockpit, and then you just see the thing flying this way at a different angle. I, it was very hard for me to orient myself. What's a movie um, that does features it, does slight well. combat that doesn't do that? The only thing I, I can think know. of is Star Wars, because I feel like you can follow those space battles pretty well. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. like Return of the Jedi right. type stuff. I think but you're are, also in really invested in those characters. And I think also you're point, in a controlled you know? environment. That's not actually actually flying an X-Wing Wait in space. Wait a minute. Like, they didn't shoot that in space? No, well, not most of it. Some portions they did. I think like they shot the Death Star, the actual Death Star on at... Right. Okay, anyway. And, and that the, was a dumb joke. Continue. You're a yes. dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the way they shot this movie. I mean, yeah, they they actually, an interesting fact, another thing from the making of, uh, they had to be really economical about the way they shot this because it cost $10,000 an hour God. to actually, for the gasoline, to fly these planes. So they had to storyboard everything very carefully, and uh, they had to go out and shoot shoot the footage. And, and they, they came up with... If you listen to the commentary, the the moves that they actually filmed were very very uh, difficult. They may not look that difficult on on screen. And that's part of the problem for me. Is that, I think because it's I like, think okay, so you see these two tiny dots flying this way, these two tiny dots flying this way. Well, that might have been like the most impossible move to do ever in the history of flight. But I you mean, know what? Again, like, doesn't we're necessarily also come across on in the on age film. of CG. You can do insane. Yeah, don't you think you're a little spoiled ever. though? Is there anything that you're yeah. yes, spoiled yes. by CG? I'm definitely yeah. yes. I'm definitely because you have a guy doing like a 360, 180 flip. You know that the art isn't is not even possible but looks really great on screen where these actually had to be executed by pilots right. and like right but it actual, wasn't all shot but, footage it was model there were a lot of mo- especially the, oh, obviously the explosions obviously could you explosions explain to models. me um so gonna blow up the planes that, you know, they, are they attaching a film camera to an f-16 jet yes that's crazy yeah i know i know they came so up with some crazy technology to actually get these shots or in the, 
exterior the and, of and interior. Oh, yeah. man, I feel like awesome. all the interior stuff, though, the acting stuff had to have been done. Yeah, not. well, all the well, all the stuff with the actors were they were all uh, it, what's called a gimbal, right? It's a, it's a little set with the cockpit, and they just shake the. Right. Uh, they right. have four guys shaking the uh, cockpit so that it looks like something's happening. And they actually did a good job with the lights and everything. I mean, a lot of older movies you watch, you know, you can you can t- really tell the green screen or the blue screen or whatever. Uh, because you know they didn't bother to like move lights across their face, and and they do a pretty good job. Mostly, it's simple background for the most part. It's like blue and some subtle white clouds. You know, you don't see much else. Yeah. So it's not the, probably the most difficult compositing. Yeah, it's, job it's funny. I feel like this is. I give it a lot of credit because I think in that time, um, you want to make a movie about fighter pilots. I'm sure someone like the producer is just like, you want to do what? We're going to film. You know how much? I, like I said, ten thousand dollars an hour. Right. right. I think there's a lot of a lot of obstacles in the way of making this happen at that mm-hmm. time. Nowadays, you say whatever. I don't care. CG. Well, it's the major fine. way to overcome that obstacle is to has, is like complete cooperation with the, the navy and the military. Absolutely. Which is, yeah. Which, which, which it, to be fair, being a it, recruitment it, video. Yeah. <laughs> To exactly, a video, exactly. It really does kind of. Yeah. And you're you you saying it's recruitment video is not incorrect. The U.S. Navy has used footage from Top Gun. I think they still use footage oh, from Top I'm Gun sure. to help recruit yeah. um, uh, military personnel. And I've have you ever been to an air show? No. Well, an air show is a same visceral thrill. You see the fighter pilots actually doing the thing. Like I've seen the Thunderbirds fly and stuff like that. Mm. And they have recruitment desks set up at the air show because all these people see all this amazing aerial things. Like, oh, I want to do that. I'm going to sign up. How long is it going to take me to do that? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it is not wrong. There is definitely a kind of almost a propaganda-like stint mm-hmm. or bent to the movie. No, there's no doubt. There's no critique of the military at all. I mean, there's no shades of gray when it comes to it. You know, it's all very pro, pro this, pro that, pro this. And uh, not, I mean, it's not that kind of movie, I guess, but um, it might have like made for a more interesting movie. I'd be curious, you're talking about international, excuse me, international releases. I, I'd be curious what the rest of the world, I feel like this is what to me it's like a mirror for the rest of the world like this is how they see Americans I think they look yeah. at like yeah. these guys macho guys yeah. like you know just like you run into some guy in another country who doesn't speak English and they like assume America. this is He's what like, like, man, you're right man. exactly they think we're all running around like yelling at each other all the time and flying jets and, right um, or at least back in the late 80s maybe that's what yeah. you're yeah. <laughs> now everyone thinks we're Justin Bieber oh my god what uh, have we become yeah one one more interesting thing about the dog fights in this movie that, that I got from the DVD is that uh, you you were mentioning like why is it hard to tell what's happening and who's fighting who? Well, uh, a fact of, of dock fights in the air, especially with these F-16 jets, is that, the is that they're well. so when when jets fly by, it's like it's it's a pain in the ass to have to get back into the yeah. game and turn around and like. I don't even know who's good. Who's I don't even you know, know who's my I, guy. Who's the, the, uh, my, who am I fighting? Because they're so far away. I'll say you know, like think World he, War Two. Hold on a second. Okay. And the World War Two. <laughs> Whoa! You know, I'm, I'm good. I don't even need to talk. And, and like these old World War Two movies, where the, the which I think Star Wars is is more reminiscent of. Everything was a little slower. There were propeller, you know, planes, and so uh, you know everything happened a little more slowly. So it wasn't such a big deal. It's but not the, like you could things flying by so quickly. It's hard to cinematically for I think for me at least it was hard to really. Nah, but but I think that doesn't work for me as far as like because there's other things that happen in real life that that go like war. I mean, combat is, is just as disorienting. But you have to be able to follow the story, and I, this isn't a huge fault. I, I mean, I'm not. I, I didn't. It didn't take me out of it. But sometimes I'm just thinking like I wish I'd. And I think all it needed was a shot on the on the, like the nose of the of the jet facing forward, so we can mm-hmm. kind of see from the point of view of the plane like what's happening. Mm-hmm. From their point of view, oh, it's, it's flying up and behind. So you know the thing is going over. When you see yeah. two planes and one's in front, one's and then just flips back, it's tough to know. Okay, wait, who's in mm-hmm. front? Who's behind? This is a way of like getting you better oriented as to what 
where things are in relation to our main character. What what he's seeing, I think, might be. Do you guys know anything about the flight? Is it actually possible to do a, a move where you, the plane goes upside down over? Yes. Oh yeah, it yeah. is. It, I've that's seen possible. One, one of the tricks that the Thunderbirds do okay. is that they do that exact. I've always top, they've, they've done the Top Gun move. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I mean, not every plane can do that. An F-16 can do that. You could do it, Dave. I think you could do it. I don't think a commercial jetliner could do that. I think that... <laughs> What's the pilot doing? I mean, oh, I think he's got his Polaroid camera, you know. It's incredibly risky. I think that was the point is that it's... I mean, we've seen air shows where I think they do things where they fly within, like, you know, five feet or even maybe smaller of each other. I think it's just... It's like a risky move because if there's one slight, you know, air pocket or whatever, those things are colliding. So we talked about the planes. We didn't talk about too much about Tony Scott after this. I mean, this he would go on to do a lot of uh, movies that had very similar style. I, I would I would I made notes into what uh, you know what things I saw. I'm like, there's something about his style that the Venetian blinds and like the soft diffused light coming in through the window and, and fans and uh, really tight shots with long lenses. Well, and I almost backlit feel, and sunsets. Well, it's like I'll talk, that, that's Tony Scott's style. Well, talking about Tony Scott as a filmmaker, I really like when he was doing movies like Top Gun because he almost became a parody of him, of himself later in his career later before on. his death. Yeah, because movies well, in what movies? Well, movies like. Um, What's the Denzel Washington movie? Uh, Man, on, Man on Fire. Man on Fire. The way that movie is shot, everything is so, so domino. Everything yeah, domino. is so hyper saturated. Yeah. Enemy, Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State. Yeah. Enemy of the State is almost yeah. where he the started. Cro- where he started mm-hmm. crossing over from I'm going to make a normal movie and I'm going to start saturating and contrasting all my colors so right. much <laughs> that um, I'm, I'm becoming a parody of my own style. So yeah. I I like him taking a Pelham one two, two three. three right yeah yeah it's just him him. It, Crushing all blacks and almost. Bec- I think there is a filter on Magic Bullet Looks, the color correction program called like Tony Scott. Oh, really? Which yeah. does what he <laughs> I does. I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which he, is, and I, I, I kind of like seeing that him. It's, it's almost like he was, he was still, he was, he wasn't so much of a name and so confident that no one could tell him no. <laughs> there were, there were two movies in a row that he made that I love. It's like Tony Scott, and that, and those are a Crimson Tide, the Denzel Washington movie with like Gene Hackman. It's one of my. Did he favorite, just reuse Denzel for every movie? No, well, he did a lot. I guess I was. I think yeah. it was his first one. But Denzel Washington. Uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, I've actually never seen Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Uh, at least I remember it being fantastic. And then he made a True Romance, which was uh, early. Oh, we should, that'd be another one be worth to rewatch. I haven't seen yeah. that in a while. Yeah, True Romance is, is uh, still kind of holds up. That it feels dated, but it definitely uh, has a lot of the same stylistic elements that you see in Top Gun. My final question before we start kind of widening this down, Dave, did your wife actually enjoy the movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Surprise. Did she, did she make it to the end? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Um, well, I think, and uh, my wife actually. She's I don't. Like, she wasn't paying attention the whole time. But no. <laughs> my girlfriend, I, mean, I think, enjoyed it as much as you could. I think she was yeah. like, "Yeah, it's, just, it's okay. It's good." Yeah. You know. The volleyball scene. I mean, come on. I mean, who what can is enjoy with that, that? What is with that stomach sucking thing that Rick Rossovich does? I mean, oh yeah, you know is, that, is that Val Kilmer's um, Hollywood? The, the, yeah. So it's yeah, it's the two guys playing. That it's that, yeah, Val Kilmer. And, oh, also, did you? Tim <laughs> that's Ra- what you do Tim, when you don't have abs. What's he, what that's is he doing? I mean, he's like. Well, think about how guys do that how large of a man Val Kilmer, Kilmer is now yes. and how in shape he was yeah he, yeah he definitely was more he let himself sh- go <laughs> yes um, and did you notice that Tim Robbins was yes. the co-pilot Tim, yes he was a uh, wizard or something he was in the background yeah um, oh god uh, the shoot. call names Jester Wizard no 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 um, it was um Shoot! What was his name? Oh, it's uh, uh, Tim Robinson's character. Yes. Well, I was talking about that. Did you notice? You guys notice? Um, Maybe we'll know Adrian Pazdar. Wolfman of, was it? Wolfman? No, no, no. no. Oh, Adrian Pazdar from Heroes. From Heroes. Yeah. Heroes fame. He was a uh, chipper, from, which had like one or two person. lines. Yeah, he's he's like sitting, always sitting in the background, looking like really bored in back of Tom Cruise. Maybe to, mm. to give Tom Cruise some more, uh, make him pop contrast. Out more. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, he just uh, yeah. Merlin. 
Merlin. Merlin. Oh, yeah. See, I was close. Wizard. Merlin. Yeah, there's Merlin. There's Wizard. I think there is a Wizard. I thought there was a Wizard. So um, I think that, as, as usual when it comes to things about movies, uh, Roger Ebert said it best. His quote oh, about Top Gun is pretty amazing. I, mean, I got to find it real quick because it, it so encapsulates everything about the movie. Hold on. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> Dave, what's what's new? I like your shirt. No, we can talk Dave's about the Swiss we, Army shirt. We can talk right a little now. bit about the music. We got. Okay, uh, no, I want to talk about your Swiss Army shirt, which I just realized you're wearing. Oh, here Where it are is. the knives? As oh. Ebert said, movies like Top Gun. Right next to the guns. <laughs> <laughs> the Top Guns. Sorry. Continue, okay. Evan. Movies Get like Top Gun are hard to review because the good parts are so good and the bad parts are so relentless. <laughs> that's perfect. I think, I think that's kind perfect. Of sums it up. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Um, Although I would argue that the good parts aren't that good anymore. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, they they really aren't. I mean, the action scenes are okay, and, and there's a lot to admire. But I mean, it's, they don't hold up in the way that a lot of other I, I would argue. I think that's like a fair them. argument. I think that if you show this to someone today, if you show it to a young, inexperienced teenager, they like, this movie's dumb. <laughs> Give me Transformers. <laughs> I, I we, don't know. We, we need a junior reviewer on this podcast. We do. So we need like, we a need like an eight-year-old kid just to make fun of <laughs> us. But you just watch it like, eh, I'd say no. someone's, if, if you're 16 eh. and over and love movies, you can apply to this podcast and <laughs> give us Well, the, we do have Ivan, so I mean. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's close true. enough. But I guess my, my, my closing thought on the movie is, is this, and it's kind of going back to what I said earlier. We don't have to, like, okay, Tr- again, going back to a movie like Transformers, people go to see that movie and you ask them why they see it, and I feel like their answer is because it's a movie. And that's a problem for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't just go and watch a movie because it exists. They tell us go to go home and watch it, Two yeah. and a Half Men. And, uh, <laughs> but, like, that shouldn't be a, a motivating factor. And Top Gun, you know, for all its flaws, is trying to do more than just exist. Yes, and that's my uh, closing statement. I, I, I agree. Beautiful. I, I do want to. I do want to give a quick shout out to a movie I like better than Top Gun, and that is the movie Hot Shots, which is, which a, is a parody, parody of Top Gun. A parody of Top Gun. Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Deux. I mean, you guys. Familiar? Hot Shots did it better. Is that I, think, I think. I think. It's, it's I think this w- movie so so uh, innately ridiculous that I think Hot Shots <laughs> just knew it's like. This is ridiculous. This should be a Does comedy. Does Hotshots have a scene where he's like flicking food at her when they're during the sex scene? I don't even remember, to be Ugh. perfectly honest. I haven't seen Hotshots or Hotshots Part 2 in Sheen, like 20 right? years. It's Charlie Sheen, who was, I think, one of the people. Tiger Blood. He, he, he was one of those guys. Death from above. Tiger, Tiger Blood, yeah. He was one of those actors at the time that was almost the same age as, as Tom Cruise. And was, you know, there were a lot of people kind of jockeying for the parts of uh, in this movie. Matthew Modine was actually considered for the role of Matt Maverick. Does anybody remember Matthew Modine? No. He <laughs> see, he was the star of Full Metal Jacket. He ended up doing Full Metal Jacket mm. instead, which is a much much better movie. And uh, mm. but uh, obviously it didn't lead to the same quality long term career that that this movie did for Tom Cruise. So uh, Matthew Modine, anybody? He was uh, in that disaster. He was in that pirate movie that was a disaster, uh, and not a disaster movie, but it was a big financial flop. I can't remember the name. Cutthroat Island. Are you looking at Matthew Modine? I've never even heard no. of that. I'm sorry. I've been disconnected. He's, he's out. No, I've been my, checking uh, his email. My production insurance is up for renewal. I wanted to see how much oh, money good. Well, so, Hang on. i got a couple emails. You guys mind? I'm going to read them aloud. Here we go. <laughs> this podcast is going to be me checking my email and providing commentary on it. Well, I'm glad you're um, not a fighter, Jade. Um, yeah, so any final thoughts from you, Mike? Yeah, I, th- I think... Um, Everyone should see this movie. Everyone should see Everyone this should movie. Everyone should see this movie. Yeah. Just so you can get the jokes. No, 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 no. People Everyone oh, should see this. On. Everyone should see the making of this movie. Everyone should see this movie so I they can get... I actually do think that's interesting. God I agree. Damn it. 
sorry everyone should see this movie if only to get the jokes like referencing this movie because okay, okay. as I'm watching I'm like oh now I get that joke that guy said <laughs> but I think it's, it's it's a classic piece of Americana I think you should just see it just for what it is I think it should be on like a US citizenship test it should be required <laughs> oh viewing oh you watch it you're like okay this is what this is what everything is all about here it's cool well, I um, think put that in the box cover <laughs> <laughs> but I think like I mean I would am I gonna put this on my shelf no I absolutely didn't see Top Gun they kicked me out of the country <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean. But I feel like I feel like you, you watch this movie, you usually like, get America. I think like, um, but is it, great, is it a high piece of art? No, I, I I'm okay if I never see this movie again. But you know what it was? It wasn't bad. It was, right. Wait, wait. Does it go on your shelf? No, I, I just said that. I just said, said, that. I think said no. it twice. Oh, you didn't. You did say yes. doesn't. Maybe we should does listen not. to one it does another day. Okay, maybe maybe get, like in the closet or something. No, no, I don't want. And eventually, it comes out of the closet. Okay, so closing out today. All episode, right, Dave. Here we go. <laughs> if you want to find us on the internet, internet, you can do so at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com/slash/reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Mike, where can people find you on the internet? Um, at Twitter, on Twitter at Mike Morandi and uh, mikemorandi.com. And you can find me at uh, Dave In- Glanz on Twitter. D, uh, it's a G G L A N Z. Yeah, this podcast took my breath away. And Dave Glanz Productions dot com. Uh huh. And Dave has a lot of followers, so he's very popular. Oh, I yes, am. Yes. Uh, I am at Ivan Kander on Twitter. My website is luckynightstudios.com, and I am an editor at shortoftheweek.com, where you can uh, watch great shorts and read my writing there. Um, yeah, I think the bat about covers it. I think that the next movie is Dave's Choice, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, yeah. And what are we watching, Dave? Uh, I think it's going to be When Harry Met Sally. We're watching When Harry Met Sally. We're going from the prototypical summer one. blockbuster to the prototypical romantic, romantic comedy. comedy. Yes. So I think that's an interesting contrast. Um, it's also a little less male-centric, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so The tenuous connection being Meg Ryan was in Top Gun and... Yeah. And is the star, oh. co-star of One Harry Met Sally. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So thanks for watching, everybody. Um, and before we go, I mean, oh. do you have any more emails you want to read out loud at all? No, or, but I can good? read my Twitter feed for you guys. Yeah, that? that'd be great. Um, that'd be great. Yeah. Ivan feels the need, the need to read his emails. Oh. That's, that's the end of that. All right. <laughs>1, 2, 3. This is the dulcet tones of Doug Johnson <laughs> <laughs> listening to Easy Radio. Good word. Dulcet. Dulcet. <laughs>